Oasis sits nestled in the midst of the Midlothian Mountains, only miles from the sea. Nearby lies the city of Nomad, which until 20 years ago was a mortal enemy. The people of Nomad have an oracle called Nomad, just as the people of Oasis worship an oracle bearing that name. Oasis is a voice of conquest and procreation. Nomad is a voice of art and peace. The conflict between them was long and bloody, but finally a small temple to Nomad was erected in Oasis and a temple to the War Oracle set up in the peaceful city. There has been much profit to be had from this hard-won peace. Both cities are flourishing, though not everyone agrees with the compromise. The oracles seem to care little for the workings of other deities. They each accept worshippers, but grant no boon except one. They each have a blue light called the charge that can be gathered at the temple and used for light or to power small devices with a magical energy. But none of these miraculous inventions last once outside the city walls. If put out, the charged liquid must be brought back to the temple of the oracle to be recharged. There's a family living in Oasis called the Trueholds, who make a tidy living using their powers to create batteries, light sources, and small toys. The matriarch of this family is a woman named Daisy Truehold. A retired adventurer, she runs a home for wayward children in Oasis. She is a large woman of indeterminate race. Her skin is brown, her hair is white, and she has ram's horns, but does not appear to be a tiefling nor a fawn. She has 11 children of her own with her husband Gargrim, who died of natural causes six months before the story is set. Daisy is able to manipulate the charge, but can't explain why. Her children also exhibit signs of the same power. We join one of these children as he awakens from a dream on a cold, snowy Friday morning. Without further ado, it is our pleasure to bring you The Fable Forge. In the beginning, she knew only that she was perfect. She lay in the warm waters of her own birth and thought of nothing other than her own perfection. It was utterly dark where she lay, but there was sound, a song drifting in from the nothing around her. It was a rhythm of life, and she moved toward it, unsure how she knew of her own movement, but sure of it now as she was of her own perfection. She felt the life surround her, and she took her first breath in the wide world. She opened her eyes and found that she was naked among the trees of a strange earth. The air was warm, and the wind blew at her long, wet hair. She spread her arms out to embrace the night sky, and then began to walk. Coriander, you are awakened by a pounding at your door. Ah! And the voice of your uh, 15-year-old brother, Rethar. Rethar? Yeah. Corey! Wake up! It's breakfast! You know how sometimes you don't want to wake up in the morning? No. You What's know? that like? You know, mm-hmm. when you sort of just feel like everyone is moving too fast and being too loud. Not necessarily that you're hungover, but that you're it's just like... It's almost like your house is full of small children. Uh, I know. And that my room was the sanctuary it yeah. was. Yeah, I believe it should be. And my siblings do not believe it should no, be. No, because they love you and they oh, want to spend time God. with you. And you're cool. I am cool. That's true. I am cool. You A thing about cool. Coriander is that I am cool. Because you're 19 years old and you're the oldest sibling. That's true. And you live at home. Tell us uh, Tell us what you look like okay, as you're so, rolling around in bed. So wishing. as my right <laughs> now, I don't look my best. <laughs> it's one of those moments where you're like, 
you open up your phone to check it and then you accidentally have the camera on you and you're like, oh, good God, I'm a necromancer. (laughs) How how have I lived in this basement of a person for so long? Uh, But right now I'm kind of squinty, but I'm 19. I'm 5'6". I am lean with like, you know, I'm like one of those skinny people that like has muscles, but they look more like ropes on a person Mm -hmm. or like I'm not built. I'm not beefy at all, but I'm not weak. I'm just like a worker. Like you can tell that like I do work, but I probably don't eat as much as I should to do the work that I do. Because you can't get up in the morning and eat breakfast. And it's the most important meal of the day. It is. I am male. My pronouns are he, him. And uh, I have rugged, calloused hands and a decent, but not great mustache. (laughs) Oh, I also have eyes of gold. Yes. What color is your beard? Gold. I don't have a beard. My mustache is white. White? White. My hair Uh is like a pretty stark white color, but I shave it. And my friend Ned shaves patterns into it with a cool invention that he made. A razor? An electric razor, but in fantasy. Uh A fantasy electric razor. With the charge. Our exactly. First, our first encounter. Yeah. Here it is. Rethar pounds on the door again. And it's like, I'm gonna pick the lock. I'm gonna oh. do I'm gonna do it. And this is where you get to learn what my character voice is, <laughs> which is Oh, Rethar. God. If I told you once, I've told you a thousand times. It's not even locked. <laughs> Just come in. Mom won't let me lock it. Rethar opens the door. And you see a, a your sibling who is who is fifteen years old. He has um, long black hair and brown eyes, nice. and sort of like a light brown skin, like all of the rest of you, mm-hmm. and freckles all over his face. Cool. His nails are black, and they always are. They always have been. Oh, it's not a paint. It's just they're just black. Huh. He also has horn stubs that come out of the very front of his head which he covers with a flower crown most of the time um and he has long black hair and he's real pretty yeah he's sort of at that age where androgyny is the life (laughs) he's living that life he's leaning in and he takes a running jump oh god and cackling lands on top of you roll dexterity ah with disadvantage because you've already (laughs) stated that you want to stay in bed but what i'd like to do is sort of deflect his jump and make him land not directly on me but out the window near me maybe because i'm not like I'm not pissed. I don't want to hurt him, but I don't want him to squish me. He's 15. This is a person. This is not a child. You're a little pissed. I'm a little pissed. So I roll, but with disadvantage, which means I roll twice and I accept the lower result. Correct. I got a seven on my D20, but I get to add a number to that. You do. Which is five. My dexterity save is five. So that means I got a 12. No. That doesn't so he work. Gets me. <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. At least to hopefully he just sort of gets me he in the stomach. He knows how not to hurt you. He's That's not out true. he's not out to hurt you either. That's nice. He's just happy to he's see. He's kind of rolling around on top of you and kicking you out of bed like <laughs> We got to go. We got to go. Come on, get up. Oh, well, I we... I should probably do an accent too, shouldn't I? Yeah, do a voice. They're all British. Do a character voice. Oh, a character voice. Is like, get up. Come on. Come on, Corey. Oh. Where are we going? What day to is breakfast. it? breakfast. What's a break? God. Oh. Uh, he pulls one of your mustache hairs out and climbs off of you and runs out of the door. Oh, Ow. <laughs> and he's like, hurry up. It's going to get cold. I'm going to feed it to the dog. And he slams the door behind oh, him. That was one of my six mustache hairs. He knows. And one of my favorites. <laughs> do you get up? Yes, I do. I begrudgingly get up and I put on my like bathrobe-ish thing. I would say that Corey's dress, uh, the way that he garbs himself, is very loose fitting with belts. Like he's not really into like wearing a lot of layers or anything. He's mostly like one big sort of dress-like garment that fastens around the middle and mm-hmm. then wears a belt. That Mm -hmm. has like pockets on it to keep things. Uh, That's mostly how he clothes himself. He's not really interested in wearing a lot of stuff. But he does need a lot of pockets because he's a monster hunter. More about that later. More about that later. Mm -hmm. Mm. Corey's also a tease. So should we go 
to Torin and go back and forth between the two of you, or should we run you through your whole day? Let's jump back and forth so it's more like scenes. Yeah. I like that. I actually like that a lot. So you you got that little flash of like kind of what your mornings like. Right. That's that's <laughs> mostly we'll what to, my mornings are like. We'll go to Torin. And now we're going to go to Torin, who's just woken up in the mountains from the same dream the coriander just woke up from. <laughs> from that dream. <sighs> same. same. So I poke my head out of my shell and I, I look around. What time of year is it? It's winter. Edging in. Edging in to winter. Yeah. It's like the first days of winter. There's a light dusting of snow uh, over my shell and so I slowly pull my arms and legs out and pull the blanket off of me that was draped entirely over me and shake the snow off. It's cold. I'm crabby. Are you high? Are you up in the mountains on the mountain pass? I am. Are yes, you high? I'm, I'm just, uh, just coming through the mountain pass um, before I head down into Oasis itself. Mm-hmm. I've been on the road for... A while. Because? Because uh, my my work takes me there. I am a mail carrier. I carry... Men. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. I, I carry men. Um, <laughs> it's a very confusing title. When you say mail carrier, most people assume you carry letters. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You carry boys. No, I, I only carry Male men. Male identified persons. I only carry men. No boys. <laughs> Oh, the no mountains boys. are too I mean, dangerous. Boys are males too. I mean, yes, but I, I personally have made the ethical uh, <laughs> too, distinction. Too much red tape with, right, with the people like, that are under eighteen. It's like, I can they be carried by someone that's over eighteen? It's very right, confusing. yeah. And you know what happens, like if I drop them, right? So back to the story. Uh, I've been on the road for a while, so I'm kind of dirty, but. I go through my morning ritual of, you know, I take a little bit of paint that I have left and I paint on little multicolored dots all down my arms. They get smaller mm-hmm. as I as I go down to my hands and I eat a little bit of food and then I... Are they turtle pellets? Because uh, I owned a turtle for a while and I just fed him pellets. They, <laughs> they are. Like I've made... Like hard tack. Basically, yeah, it's trail rations um, in pellet form. That smell like a pond. Yeah. I am a turtle. I am a six and a half foot tall, 400 pound turtle. Are you teenage? Uh, no, I'm not. Are I'm you a mutant? Not yet. Are you a ninja? Definitively not. No further questions. So I shoulder my, my mailbag. It's fairly empty now. There are a few dead letters and... Um, Packages that other people had to deliver to Oasis Sure, that I have collected on my route, but I, I put that on my back and I head down into, into the foothills. And one thing that I should mention is that my morning routine is a lot less involved than Corey's <laughs> because I'm a humanoid turtle. Right. I do not wear clothes. Nope. I have a shell. It's pretty cool. It is black with yellow spots on it that I have, um, I had painted on in the last settlement that I was in because I like to have mm. them, but they've mostly faded by now. My skin is also a, a black, I have claws. Cool. But I don't use them unless I have to. Ooh. Um, and spicy. They do come in handy for uh, frightening off bandits and things. I do have one piece of clothing though. I have a hat. <gasps> is it cool? It is. It's like kind of the classic postman cylinder with a brim, but it has mm. ear flaps. Oh, yes. <laughs> do you do you have ears? Um, is that a thing? That they're holes tor- tor- on holes. the side of my head. Yeah. Okay, so hole flaps. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I do have a further a follow up question. Okay. Yeah. Are you a Studio Ghibli character? Because it uh. sounds like a Studio <laughs> Ghibli character. 
Uh, not yet. Okay. It's a compliment. That yeah. was a yeah. compliment. Yeah. It'll be like one of those movies that like slowly changes into like The Wizard of Oz started in black and white and it mm-hmm. became color. Like mm-hmm. he will become a Studio Ghibli character as the, as the campaign progresses. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Slowly but surely your eyes will get bigger and your mouth will get smaller. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So my name is Torin. I'm a mail carrier. Is that how you introduce yourself? My name is Torin and I'm a mail carrier. Basically, yeah. You're in the mountains near Oasis, the city where I live and where my family lives. Right. And you're coming into it. I like am. That's kind of, yes. you're waking up in the mountains being like, all right, time to make the last leg of the journey right. into yes. Oasis. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. I've Just trying been. to get like an orientation. So there's there's a mountain pass that comes n- n- goes northeast out of the city that goes over the mountains and out to lands beyond. And then there's a road, a uh, uh, actually maintained, patrolled road that runs it's relatively new and it runs between oasis and nomad which is about a day's walk to the east but that comes directly out of the east side of the city so you're coming down this northeast you are headed southwest right from this from this mountain pass i took that road when i started on this journey a couple months the well-maintained road right Yes. yes yeah because gotcha. um, so it makes of, a big circle. I do a, a big loop around uh, the okay. like two nomad and then out into all of the farming communities and the uh, other sure. communities. Like I'm sort of the, the librarian on a horse. Right, know? right. Do you have other materials that aren't like male that you have? Female. Do you, non-binary. <laughs> do you have non-binary books? Do you have, are you like a peddler or are you a mail carrier? I am a mail carrier. Okay, okay, um, just making sure. Because I was kind of picturing like a merchant's cart like behind you with like, would you like any of my wares? But it's strict mail carrier. Yeah, cool. I think other people that travel the route, you know, also do peddling and merchantry and such. E. I'm specifically in it for mail carrying. Cool. All right, well, Corey, where do you want to skip to? Well, I think it's... Friday? Mm-hmm. It's Friday. So yeah, we, for for the listeners at home, running through a typical Friday um, in this city, and we're just going to call it Friday because it's easier. Yeah, God, let's not invent fantasy days. No, I'm days. not inventing Come fantasy on. days and expecting myself or other people mm-hmm. or you two to keep track yeah. of them. It's spelled P-H-R-Y-D-A-I-I dash I. But it's pronounced Friday. Well, if the day ends in I, you know, no. That's what they always say. That's what they always say. So we're going to run through a typical Friday in the city. Go to your job. Right. So so my job Mm -hmm. is I I work for a blacksmith. I Mm -hmm. work for my uncle-ish person. Yeah. Is he technically my uncle? Is he... Tywin? Ty... Tymon. Tymon. No, Tywin. Tywin Lannister, Lannister is, is a, not, different, he's a different person. My favorite Game of Thrones character, but but he is not in this game. Not in this game. <laughs> so is he? Yet. Is he my uncle, or is do I just call him Uncle Tymon? He. Okay, so now we're running into semantics and weird adoption things. He is not biologically your uncle. Okay, that's more what I meant. Is he is your uncle. Right, yeah. He has okay, been no, there your entire life, right, right, but right. he is not biologically your uncle. That helps the uncle. way that I talk about him. His name is Tymon Diamond Vane, and he's a dwarf. He's lived in Oasis most of his life, and he was best friends with your dad. And so he's good friends with your mother. He's good friends with all of your siblings. This was your father's blacksmith shop, so yeah. he's which he inherited when your father passed away six months ago. And he always has it open to the true hold kids if they want to come apprentice if they want to learn if they want to work there because he sort of is like well this is kind of your birthright and i'm here to help you with it if you want help with it like he misses your father just like you do he respected your father and he's a good guy so he's he's still keeping things running and he's very he comes to family gatherings and hangs out cool he's a good guy so on a friday you know i get up late but I'm sure Tymond is used to that. Uh, he and I, loves it. I report to my job at Tymond's Forge, uh, where I work. I make maybe lower level things for him. I assume that I'm not like, 
I'm not doing some. I mean, how like, long have you been working there? Probably for most of my life. Because uh, well, 19 years of blacksmith experience. I don't know, dude. Well, okay, probably more like eight years of blacksmith experience. Like, I don't think I started there when I was one year old. <laughs> so, but like, I mean, if you want to be working on the low level stuff, that's totally. Yeah, I cool. mean, I I'm sure that. Well, what I mean is, like, I'm not the one that people are. You know how in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> when when will gets he's like i'm gonna make the sword yeah, and it's way better yeah. but they don't treat him like like a, i yeah i know pirates in the Caribbean. yeah it's like i'm good i'm good at what i do but i'm not the one that runs the forge and that people are like right. i want Corey to make this amazing axe for me right it's just like i'm good i'm an established helpful member of the blacksmithing community and i do my job Mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily my passion Mm -hmm. it's just the thing that i think is interesting i like crafting and i work for the for uncle timond and that it makes it i make it work sure so you arrive that morning and marwin is already there she's the half elf who you work with Oh, my um, coworker. Your coworker. M- Morwin? Morwin. She's a half okay. elf. Cool. Um she sounds nice. Yeah, she's um pretty focused on her work. Um I respect that. Pretty pissed that you're late, but How late am I? I don't know. How, how late am I? I don't know. How late are you? <laughs> Let's see. I roll late. I got a 16. I'm not as late as I've been in the past. No. But I definitely am. But the shop is busy. And when you're not there, it's a problem. She's like 16. So if you're not there, guess who gets to do your share of the work? I'm sorry. Marwin. Um, So Marwin's there. She's, you know, kind of your blonde haired, blue eyed fantasy elf lady (laughs) like she but she's dressed in you know her leathers and things to keep from being burned her hair is tied up so it doesn't get in her way or catch on fire seems nice and she kind of squints at you and like puffs out her cheeks and makes like a face (laughs) she kind of makes this face at you like you're in fucking trouble and she nods her head oh to where uh time and has his back to you and he's he's working hard on on a sword also, our friend Aaron the Errand Boy is there. <laughs> He's about five. Aaron the Errand Boy. He's a tiny little halfling. Oh, he's kid. five? Yeah. He's so little. He's How so does he little. have a job? He's somebody that uh, Timond took in. Okay. He's running back and forth and dicking around. I mean, sure. He he's kind of a gopher, but he mostly is there, so Timon can keep half an eye on him. Sure. Uh, Question. Yeah. Since this is a fantasy world, uh-huh. when you say that Aaron is kind of a gopher, do you mean he is a gopher? I mean, he, or... I mean, he goes for things. Okay, but he is a dwarf or a... You said he's a halfling. He's a halfling. So he's not mm-hmm. a halfling and a half gopher. I don't really like what you're implying. What? That halflings have sex with gophers? Maybe. He's a turtle. <laughs> Clearly, there are weird species of things. I that mean, are we also don't know human. what race you are, so exactly. I guess that's fair. Maybe I'm half. I just need to be clear. He's he's not he's actually just a little a halfling boy. Okay, great. He's just a cute little halfling boy. Aww. He actually runs up to you. He's like, "Corey, you're in trouble!" Oh God, no! This is a Studio Ghibli movie. And Simon turns around. Oh no! He's a dwarf guy. He's a big dude. He's got a big red beard. <laughs> And uh, long red hair, which he has up in a man bun. It's just, just a, dwar- a bun. A dwarf bun. It's a bun. It's a bun. It's not a it's not a bun that you eat, David. It's like a... <laughs> it's how oh, you no. tie, tie your hair it's up. It's going to be a thing. And he doesn't... He just like points at your station and goes back. Mm. He doesn't seem terribly mad. He's busy. Mm-hmm. He's busy. We're all busy. He's really busy. Aaron's mad, I guess. Aaron's not mad. He's just loud. <laughs> it's hard for me to tell the difference sometimes. <laughs> He's small. Yeah. And from now on, when he yells, I'll try to yell back here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, in, if Timond isn't going to engage me about why I'm late, I'm just going to go to work. I'm too tired still for this. That's like, a good idea. That's fine. I'm not going to be like, what, you're not mad at me? I'm just going to be like, it's cool, man. We, I'm late all the time. You're not going to make me do his character voice? Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll talk to him on lunch break or something. Are you stopping there? Is that uh, where, are we yeah, going to switch so, scenes? So my, my day of work, let's establish like what I do. 
Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do? I. What do you What do you do? How much about blacksmithing? Do you know? Well, I think we got a big commission for a matching set of of three engraved swords mm-hmm. for above the mantelpiece of a, of a local. I don't know who, but someone. You don't know who. Are you asking me who it was for, it, it, or I, are you I, as a character? Like Corey it's just it's know. just a ticket. It's come in like maybe a little bit urgently, and mm. so like the only reason I get to like do this special job is because Timon only has time to do two of them. He needs me to help out with the third one, and so he gave me the simplest one. And one okay. is supposed to be like a mountain, a mountainous landscape, and one is supposed to be like a field with a bunch of sheep in it. And then one is supposed to be like a person fighting off beasts mm-hmm. in like a wilderness. And he gave me the the sheep one because he was like, that should be pretty easy for you, Corey. Sure. I'm not experienced in engraving, but I am a pretty good, like I can forge well, mm-hmm. I can make a good sword. So I see this note on my desk that says, you need to engrave a field with some sheep as one of three swords. And my job is not engraving. Like, this is not what I do. I'm not the detailer at this forge. I make practical stuff. I'm not interested in this fluffy business. Uh, and I'm not, I'm honestly not super good at it. Like I can do it, but it's not my mm-hmm. thing. I'm, I'm a bread baker, not a confectioner, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I go over to time. Oh, and, he's got an answer for it. And you're not going to like it. And Continue. I, <laughs> I go over to time and, and I, and I ask him, so time and I, couldn't help but notice that uh that did you accidentally give me an engraving job or was that uh is that something you actually wanted me to do so he finishes his hammer and he puts the sword in the cooling bucket and he turns and he leaves it there and he puts his uh giant hand on his hip and turns and looks at you and he says well considering how you're always late i figured You thought yourself skilled enough to do this kind of thing. Yes, I know I'm late. I understand. But I can't help but think that maybe this would be better off in the hands of somebody with a bit more of an artistic flair. You're late for literally the fifth time in a row this week. Do you know how many days are in a week, Corey? There are five. I started counting on my hand, but then he interrupted me by saying five. So I just sort of dropped my hand and I'm like, wow, yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. So apparently you're skilled enough to handle this. All right. Fair enough. If, you, if you screw it up, you're going to go work for the horseshoer down the way for the rest of the month. Ugh, not Eddie. I hate him. Well, maybe you should get here on time. That's yes. entirely up to you, my lad. You know I love you, but you gotta get your shit together. I know you've been on my back about my shit. And you know what? To be completely fair, you're right. I know. (laughs) So I'm gonna go ahead and work on that sword. Oh, you are? Well, that's wonderful. Wonderful news. You get back to what you're doing. I'll get back to what I'm doing. Thanks for the permission. Very sassy today, (laughs) Timon. But uh, you know what? I I see you. I'll talk to you at lunch. Hmm. Yeah, he's pissed. Yeah, and I, I go work on it. I mean, he's upset, yeah. and I go work on it. He's, like, irritated in the way a boss is irritated. He's not, yeah. like, you know as a person that he'll be over it. Mm-hmm. But also, if you screw it up, you will be working <laughs> at Eddie the Horseshoers for the rest of the month. Great. So do you want to roll your... Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and, and your make, skill a, check? make a check to see. What are, you, what are you rolling for that? So what I'm rolling is my dexterity bonus which is a plus three and my proficiency bonus because i'm a part of the crafting guild of the artisan guild of blacksmiths and so i have blacksmith tools and i'm proficient in them so i can add my plus two proficiency bonus to this roll which means i get a 11 plus five which is a 16 they're passable sheep yeah could be a lot worse i mean it's gonna take you the rest of the day i mean Do not cast aspersions on us if you're someone who actually engraves metal and this takes a really long time. I'm very sorry. This is a land of magic and nonsense and we'll say it was really quick. Right? All right, Torin. What are you up to? 
Well, I think that we could cut to maybe arriving at the gate. I don't remember your friend's name. Do you know it off the top of yes, your head? Yes, it's Winter. Your friend's name is Winter? Mm-hmm. And it is Winter. It is. Right now. Do they get extra powerful? Maybe. So uh, Winter the Tiefling, your friend, is uh, waiting for you at the front gate uh, mm-hmm. with another uh, member of the of the city guard who you, you don't remember or don't know on site anyway. They're clad in the uh, red livery of the of the city mm-hmm. with the sun the rising sun burst emblazoned in gold on the chest you know plate mail armor fantasy guard garb guard garb guard garb and uh she lights up a little bit when she sees you she's a tall lady she's a tiefling like we said mm-hmm. she's got them big old horns i forget do they have kind of any colored skin can't they like red I feel like a lot of them are like red and brown. Yeah. Yeah. Some are blue or purple. She's a red friend. And she goes to kind of like step forward. Like she's going to like embrace you and then kind of like kind of looks at her, looks at her companion and kind of steps back, you know, steps back into place. And she says, uh, Torin, Torin, uh, uh, it's, it's great to see you. Well, welcome back. Yeah. It's good to see you too, Winter. Well, thanks. Um, you, you, are you, where are you staying in town this time around? Wasn't entirely sure. You know, I figured Lenora might have a place for me. Otherwise, I can just sleep in the post bunkhouse. I heard Lenora Truehold was was looking for you, but not for another week. You're you're pretty early. I made good time. Yeah, I uh, beat the snow a little bit. Yeah, I should say. I hope Lenora can take me in. If not, I have slept in far stranger places than the floor of a bunkhouse. Mm, I mean, that that I know, I believe, um, from your stories, but, you know, the true holds certainly have enough room. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, hey, go, go check with her, and then, uh, I mean, you, you can always, uh, you can stay with me if you wanted to. I mean, well, it's not too strange for you. I... You know it's not strange. Thank you for the offer, Winter. I, I think I might just stay with Lenora, for now. But thank you. How how have you been? Oh, you know, uh, it's just guard duty. It's boring. <laughs> yeah. Patrols and 13 and, and I have to hang out with Melvin. <laughs> Melvin goes, oh, hey! Right. Yeah, from the other side of the gate. I mean, to be honest, Melvin, I had kind of forgotten you existed, so... Well, thanks! Ah, just kidding, Melvin. I like you. Mm. I like you. He knows you're teasing. He he knows she's teasing. He spends mm-hmm. a lot of time with their, their partners. Listen, Melvin, I'm sorry. I, I had a dream that I had hair this morning. It was... It just kind of threw me off my whole game today. I mean, I think you should stop in the, the uh, at the wig makers and see see what they could do for you. Oh, God, look no. good as a blonde. no. No, <laughs> Melvin. No. Winter laughs and she grasps your arm in a friendly way, and she, you know, she says, "Go, you know, go, on, go on in." And she lets you know she doesn't check your paper. They, everybody, the guards all know they who know you yeah. are. So you're inside Oasis, which is a very clean city. It's not small. It's been built up because if you build, if you go too far outside the city walls, the charge, which is that magical blue power that you get. From mm-hmm. the oracles, if you get outside of the city walls, that stops to work. Sure. So okay. all of the technological marvels, their lights, all of that sort of thing only work if they're within the city walls, so they've built up. It's probably around 30,000 people. Yeah, it's they're built up kind of on top of themselves, but it's all very neat and orderly. Like, you would expect, and maybe in other places that you've gone, you've sort of seen that this ends up looking haphazard a lot of places, but it's clear they have a really good city planner. Sure. Like, somebody knows what they're doing. It looks purposeful. There's people out and about of all different races and creeds all kind of bundled up a little bit against the late autumn, early winter chill here. Uh, where, would you, where would you like to go? Well, you know, the first place that I would want to go is the post office. Is there, like, public transit or anything through the city? Yeah. Carriages of some kind? Yeah. I, I'm, not, are... I'm not picturing, like, a ton of technology that... No. But, like, I don't know, maybe there's, like, a charge monorail or something. No, but, like... there are horse-drawn, horse-drawn carriages, okay. and there's quite a few of them about. 
they're easy to flag down and they're happy mm-hmm. to you probably can't fit in a handsome but there right. are there are cart carts yeah. too that are for hire to help people move stuff from one side of the city to another or for people who can't fit in a handsome you're certainly not the only person in this city who would have a hard time right fitting in a handsome um and who can Give you cushions or, you know, whatever you need to make your ride a little bit nicer. So, yeah, Yeah. you can definitely hire somebody to take you to the post office. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the the driver take me down close to the Western Wall, kind of in the neighborhood that I grew up in. And I'm going to find a park. It's a place that I often stay in the warmer months. And I'm going to find a stump. I'm going to pry the top off. Mm-hmm. And Ooh. I'm going to pull some letters out of my bag, some of the dead letters, and I'm going to put them in the stump where they join huh. uh, a few others there and there. Oh, wait. So when you said pry the top off, it was a secret stump that you had hollowed out already. Yeah. You Cor- didn't just correct. pull the top off of a stump. I, mean, I was like, oh, I damn. Could, I could try. <laughs> no, I. this makes way more sense. I was just very impressed. <laughs> oh, like, boy. Dang, this guy's got some dexterity and strength combo. Aww. Okay, this makes more sense. And I like it. I reach in. I pull out a couple of the dead letters. I pull a chunk out, but I try to gauge it so that it doesn't seem like there's more than should be missing. Ah. And I'm going to lie, Torn, this is kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping some letters to people from people that he don't know. It's pretty weird. You can bring those letters back to life, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna cut them up into a little... Uh, you don't know what I'm going to do with them. That's true. I, you don't I'm know. actually Wait and find really out. intrigued as to what you're going to do <laughs> I with I am them. too. I'm going to go to the post office, uh, stop in... See how they're doing. What does the post office look like? What am I looking at? Are you stopping at the like headquarter one or are you stopping at a little branch? Wherever I need to go to check in. Yeah, the small one's fine. I mean, they okay. know you're coming. It's not like... Yeah, so I guess who... Do I have a certain handler or like a particular branch that I'm based out of? Yeah, you you kind of have this western region. That's where you started. That's near your like home district. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, um, so then I go to the, the Western. Let me get a name for the lady behind the counter first, yeah. and then I'll tell you what it looks like. Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. No, I want like a I want like an old lady name. Oh, an old lady. Marjorie. We already had a Melvin. Yeah, Marjorie. Yeah, but I don't want to confuse it with, with another Melvin? with another M name. <laughs> okay, fine. Sylvia. Nagatha. Nagatha. Agatha's a good one. Could it be Agatha? Yeah, it could be Agatha. Are you gonna call her Aggie? Yeah. So this uh this little post office, this little local post office, it looks like the mayor's office in Animal Crossing New Leaf. <laughs> yes. Except for where the mayor's desk would be. There is a, uh, you know, wall of P.O. boxes, basically, for all the people in the district. And you hear a tiny voice from behind the desk go, who, who is it? We're not open yet. Uh, Aggie, I unlocked the door with my key. Oh, yep. That's how keys work. And this little puff of white hair, you sort of watch it move cl- like sideways along the the counter and then there's kind of a little eh, ah, eh, as she climbs the little stairs and there's this ancient halfling woman her name is agatha penny farthing <laughs> yes. and she's dressed in a little blue post office uniform like baby blue and like that navy blue that the u.s post office wears and she has a very intricately made doily collar That is clearly like she made it. Like Uh it's pretty clear. Yeah. Yeah. And she sewed it on to like the uniform. And she's real cute. She's got like round glasses balanced on the end of her bulbous nose. And she sort of looks at you and she goes, oh, yep, there you are. Glad your key works. And she's like, come in, come in. All right. Uh, What do you, what do you got for us? She takes your bag. And puts it, helps you put it up on the counter. I I think that I help her. Um, I try to like help her without really showing that I'm helping yeah, her. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because that's a good way to get smacked. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you want to come back here and help me sort these? 
Absolutely. I mean, I know who they're supposed to go to, so. Great. So she. Kind of part of my uh, job. Uh, down her stairs and she watched the little poof of white hair. She walks over to the far, by your perspective, the far left side where there's one of those dumb counters that flips up. Yeah. And she like pulls on the little like lock that's on her side. That's literally just like a bathroom lock, like a, like a toilet stall lock. And she's like, I always tell the closers not to lock this stupid thing. And she's like trying to jiggle it loose, but she can't quite, she's like, it's reaching above her head and it finally gives, this is a whole routine. I just, you've been through this many times before. I think I just, I stand there like, I should have used the staff entrance. I should have used the staff entrance. Are you saying that to her or to yourself? Just to myself. Oh, like, okay. She can literally walk under the stupid flippy <laughs> thing like this. There's probably time for you to go around to the staff <laughs> entrance. <laughs> anyway, if you do I've that. got it unlocked. You'll have to flip it up yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just... I the door open she's like do you already have them alphabetized of course you have them alphabetized you're always so organized tor and that's what i love about you i'll take the o's through the z's and so she has a ladder like a walden books ladder that mm, runs yeah. from floor to ceiling so she goes up onto the far right side of the wall and starts with the z's and works backwards up and to I, o. Uh, I say oh actually um there was it was a package for the true holds. I'll be by there later today. I can just deliver that if you'd like. That sounds great. Don't forget to have them sign their receipt. Of, of course. Aggie. She waves a little pad at you out of her like breast pocket. She has. I, I'm picturing her moving surprisingly fast oh, yeah. up and down the ladder. Oh, like yeah. she's little and old, but also like a spider almost. Yeah, like, she's done this <laughs> every day. Awesome. For like 60 years. So good. She's an institution. I mean, people, (laughs) she knows everyone in town. She's like my grandma. She knows who died and can tell you why you should know who they are. That was cousin Brad's second wife's son, you know? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow, uh huh. Sure, cousin Brad, my favorite cousin. Yeah. So to, to, uh, (laughs) to illustrate this, I think I have probably gone and pulled out the Torin weight ladder, right. the like reinforced ladder by the time she's done. <laughs> like she's just a whirlwind. Yeah. Because she does this literally every day and she's talking the entire time. <laughs> she's catching you up on town gossip that you couldn't possibly care about. I don't even know that it's important to her. I just think she likes having someone else in the mail room with her. So she's just kind of keeping up this like lovely stream of nonsense. And when she finishes, she comes over to you and pulls some more letters out of your hands and goes back to what she was. You know, she's talking and working, talking and working, talking and working. So. Right. I I get like, you know, probably to the the F's and she's, you know, nearly met me because mm-hmm. you know, I'm just I'm working like. Slow and steady wins the race, my man. A little bit. It's, you know, <laughs> it's playing a stereotype, but also. um I have a dexterity of six, so... <laughs> There's not a lot of strength involved in putting letters into slots. Right, no. no. I'm just moving slowly, slotting things in. By the time that you're, like, almost caught up with her, she she says, you can leave the rest for me, dear. You go on. Uh, send Lenora my go- regards, and uh, I'll wrap this up for you. Anything, Stop in again! Anything else you need me to do, Aggie? Ah, uh, reach across the counter and lock that stupid thing on your way out the door, if you would. Sure, sure thing, Aggie. Oh, and lock it. Lock it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am We will. don't open for another hour. It's on the door. I don't know. People come up and they rattle it and think I'm going to let... I, they know I don't let them in till 11. Yeah, I know, Aggie. I don't know why they do it. They just... <laughs> this is something you hear they, they hope. every time mm. you come <laughs> Come in. Hope springs eternal and all that. 
Hope Springs it to all. That's so lovely. I'm going to embroider that. Probably hang that up in here. And she kind of points to a wall. She's got this wall of like. Embroidered sayings. Bless this mess. Yeah. That kind of shit. Uh, the Lord is the king of our house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a nice lady. She's she very is. well made. I... She do. She would die for you. She just can't shut up. And I know what that's like. And she'll never die. <laughs> she'll never die. <laughs> the campaign's goal is now protect Aggie at all costs. Exactly. The moon falls from the sky and the post office is still standing and she comes outside and is like, well, I never seen something like that happen. I wonder if Dolores down the street saw that. Hey, Dolores! (laughs) Like, she just (laughs) incidentally, she has a very quiet, deaf husband. That does not surprise me based on the way that she speaks to people. (laughs) Yes. I take my bag, sling it back on my shoulder, take off. All right. And I lock everything behind me. Good man. So after work most days, Corey likes to go into the mountains just a little bit, like just a little bit outside of town, sometimes into the forest, sometimes into the mountains and do a little hunting and gathering, mostly hunting, uh, less gathering. Hunting for food? Uh, Hunting for animals and monsters. Sometimes both. They sort of overlap. To eat or? No, more to like watch. You're a naturalist. And sometimes kill. Like Corey is, my class is a ranger. Uh Uh-huh. And rangers get a favored terrain and a favored enemy. Mm -hmm. So mechanically, I get bonuses when I do certain things to my favored enemy, which is when I do certain things. Did you just say enemy? That was so cute. I think maybe I did. (laughs) (laughs) What do I do to my favored enemy? (laughs) Enemy. I get bonuses when I uh, interact with um, monstrosities. Which is a which is an umbrella that covers like a lot of beasts that are pretty weird that exists in the wild. How many of those have you met? I know for a fact that the one that I'm the most proud of and that I tell everybody about mm-hmm. is that I fought a Medusa once. Oh, holy shit! I know, and I killed it, and I have one of its legs, <laughs> no, one of its arms above my mantle Ew. at my house. I I thought about taking its head and putting it above my mantle. And then I got about halfway home with the head and I realized, wait, this is a really shitty idea. Because if you don't know what a Medusa is, I bet you do, listeners, but I don't know, maybe somebody out there doesn't. You look at that and it turns you to stone. So like, I wasn't going to put that above my mantle. So I buried it deep, deep it's in the a, ground. a way to slut shame women is what it is. It's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> and so I was like, nah, screw this. I'm taking the arm and Instead, and I, I buried that head deep, deep into the ground where nobody could ever find. And I took the arm as a trophy of my my kill, you know, because I was like, this is a huge feat. I need to prove how cool I am and how good of a monster hunter I how am. How excited were your mom and dad about you coming home with a Medusa arm? Well, they were more excited than they would have been about the head. I'll tell you that. <laughs> but I think, I mean, That's they, fair enough. I think they get it. Uh, my mom used to be an adventurer. And yeah. so like they're they're used to people wandering off and coming back with weird trophies. And we should maybe mention you do have your own like apartment within the house. Yeah. My room is a uh, like kind of a tree house inside a house. It's mm-hmm. like a loft, like in a library where you can go up into it and read. Mm-hmm. But there's it's completely enclosed and there's a door on it. So it's a pretty big house. And, you know, next door there's like a uh place for wayward children and orphanage-ish sort of i'm not sure exactly what we called it yeah house for wayward children yeah uh, that your mother runs that she runs and so there's like tons of people your in house this place is jam-packed the with them kids right and that's why like the eldest person that lives at that house mm-hmm. gets to live in this special little home inside a home where you get a little bit more privacy you got a tiny house but not a lot more privacy so that's kind of like what my my hobby is Mm -hmm. uh and i do a lot of arrow crafting Mm -hmm. i craft specific arrows that do different things so i am i am a very ambitious monster hunter i like a challenge and Mm -hmm. i want to like prove more to myself than anything because i'm also kind of a loner that i can go off into the forest and i can hunt something down and i can kill it or i can just watch it if it doesn't seem like it's a harm to anybody i also have a soft spot in my heart for the creatures of the world we have a couple dogs and i love them and they're great (laughs) but i i sort of treat them like brothers like i don't i don't like talk to them like babies or like fawn over them 
I would, except like, you know, I feel restraint because I need to be cool. And so, so I keep that inside. That works real well around dogs. Yeah, they, they're very cool. Dogs are notoriously <laughs> super chill and like to respect silence. Uh, and personal space. Checking in cat person. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, so I wander off into the forest after I've been working, as I do most days. Uh, unless there's something that I need to take care of, like we're having a dinner at home and I need to help with that or something. But especially on a Friday, I've got plenty of time. So I'm, I'm going to go out for a couple hours and just like see what kind of tracks I find and see what pops up in the wilderness around Oasis. The Northwoods? Yeah, sure. I'll go into the Northwoods where, uh, where Torin came from. Yeah. You actually see winter on your way out the gate. Oh, yeah. Do I have a positive relationship with winter? I don't know. Do you? Because I think I think I go out of the gate pretty often, and I don't usually bring stuff back that's like a body of a monster. Right. And if I do, it's pretty portable. And, and I think she uh, uh, she probably checks in with you. I mean, it's kind of like a ranger situation. Like yeah. you are one of the citizens, so you're sort of under her charge. So it's what time do you think you're going to be back? So that if you're not back. By that time, she can right. send people out to look for you. Like, what yeah. direction do you think you're going in? And she knows you're competent, but even competent nature folk should have a satellite phone and should check in with a ranger <laughs> station and should do all that stuff. So, yeah, I'm going to roll a survival check, which will sort of simulate what I see and how well I track it. So I have a five in survival and I rolled a 10. So I got a 15 on my survival check to see what sort of tracks I see or what sort of uh, disturbances I may discover. Sure. So while you were headed out the gate, it actually started to snow. Ooh. It's coming down in those big fat flakes that accumulate pretty quickly. If anybody's listening to this who's never experienced snow before, this isn't going to make a lot of sense. But those big fat flakes fall on the ground. They're practically rain and they get absorbed and the heat the right. heat of the ground, basically, from the day, they, it melts pretty quick. But what it does leave is sort of this slushy layer of snow, which means it's easy to track things. Makes it great for tracking. Right. So you do see off to your left a couple of deer tracks cool. leading off to the west. And while you're looking at these deer tracks, since they're kind of the only thing around, you notice a strange set of tracks within them. And they look like sticks, like the ends of like someone is walking on a pair of dowels, (laughs) very (laughs) narrow, very small diameter, one inch diameter dowels. And those follow the deer for a bit, presuming you follow them. Oh, yes. I would love to follow. I mean, I've seen lots of deer. Right. And if the deer were the only thing there. I would just sort of follow in, until I found something more interesting. That's just sort of, I just sort of let these experiences take me because I don't really have an objective. I'm not like out there to get, I need to find materials right. to make something back at home. Like I'm just seeing what's there. Right. So I'm just going to follow whatever tracks I see. Cool. So the deer tracks, eventually they start to run and they lead off probably in reaction to your presence. So, you know, you're, you've gotten close. Oh, sure. Okay. You know, but the dowel-legged <laughs> marks <laughs> actually uh, continue. Which would you like to follow? Oh, the dowel ones. The, the interesting ones. I don't know what that is, but I know what deer are. <laughs> right. So you continue to follow these tracks. And they lead up a hill. And there is a creepy little being standing at the top of this rise. It looks like it's made out of sticks. It has like five branching uh, branches. Branching branches. I'm a narrative genius. (laughs) (laughs) Branching branches coming out of its head Uh and little stick hands. And it's got a little face and its mouth is sort of open. It's like a, it's like a mask. It looks like a Uh, Zelda. It looks like a Zelda mask. Sure. Round mouth. Mm -hmm. And these eyes that are half circles where the flat parts on the top so it gives the impression of being sort of sleepy or sad like it doesn't have like a fierce look about it it doesn't look like it's challenging me to (laughs) it's very small that would be difficult cute and its eyes are lit up blue from within oh it has one hand on the tree next to it 
Is it like leaning? Like a like No Hey, it, welcome to the it forest. Just, it's kinda <laughs> just touching it, like for support. It's hard to tell it doesn't sure. have a facial hey, that, expression. That makes more sense to me. I pictured it's like leaning, leaning on its elbow it's being like, like, what's up, man? It's like it walked around behind the tree and then came up oh. from the other side okay. and is kind of like just touching the tree with its one hand mm-hmm. outstretched. And with its other, it points at you and then it points behind it. And then it turns its face back to look at you. What do you do? Well, I'm a firm believer in trying to get to know things that I meet in the woods. <laughs> it's a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> I always think it's good to just sort of treat things as equals until proven That's, otherwise. That is a better idea. <laughs> the, they go hand in hand and one of them is a bit more gregarious than the other, perhaps. Yeah. But I, I decide, well, I'm just going to say hello. So I say, hello. It makes a move that you kind of haven't seen it make before. Like it, it heard you and it answers and it points at you and it points behind it and then it looks back at you oh man i should have taken stick as one of my languages (laughs) come on david why didn't i do that it was right there in the player's handbook and i didn't take it i walk up to it Mm -hmm. slowly Mm-hmm. I, I approach cautiously as mm-hmm. I do with any creature that I haven't seen before. And I'm just like, do you want to make a practiced. perception check as you walk up to sure. it? Sure. What am I before you? I mean, what am I looking for? If you have cause to be caught, I mean, you have a lot of dealings with animals sure. and monsters and things of this nature. Do you want to check and see if it, I am approaching it with caution okay. and I'm paying attention. Okay. I rolled perception and I got a 19 okay. plus five. So I got a 24. Great. So if it does anything suspicious, yeah. I will know. It does track your movement. Okay. So it can see head. me moving and it can hear me. Yeah. These are good signs. And it's pointing behind it. Yeah. So as you come closer, mm-hmm. um, it sort of goes from looking down, since you're downhill from it, to sort of it slowly looks up as you come closer. Mm-hmm. It drops its arm and then it points at you. <laughs> and then it points <laughs> behind it. And it looks back up at you. I get down on one knee. How tall is it? Is it like it's my halfling? Hip? It's like halfling size. It's very small. So if I get down it's on like one a, knee, is my head it's like a be toddler like looking into it? Okay, yeah. yeah. I get down on one knee because I feel like this thing's kind of cute and it's kind of like it's weird and it like is clearly kinda, like it is kind of magical cute. and scary, but also kind of cute. It and is kind of cute. It's just like pointing and squeaking. And you could literally light it on fire if you wanted to. It's yeah. made out of sticks. Are you telling me I should light it on? fire? You can do whatever you want. I'm not gonna light this. This is thing your on fire. magical world. This is my David. new friend, and I'm not gonna light it on fire. <laughs> I. I ask it while pointing at myself and pointing over there, like, you want me to go over there? You, me? <laughs> there? And I point at me and I point and it goes, where it's pointing. It goes, uh, and it points a little sticky finger at your chest and then it points behind it. <laughs> and then it looks back up, looks back at you <sighs> in your eyes. I mean, it knows where you yeah. are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't poke you hard it knows right. where you are and uh, has has the presence of mind not to hurt you i'm gonna i probably should have done this long ago but i'm going to roll knowledge nature okay uh, which is a skill that lets me see if i've heard any like if i know what this is or if i've dealt with other creatures yeah. like it before sure and maybe would know something about its behavior or language or if it was a trickster or something mm-hmm. you know because who knows maybe like you know if i'm like oh uh, this is a mimic if this i'm is, not gonna if like, this is zelda this thing could be luring you deeper into the woods exactly. or something horrible i don't want that no i roll a 14 and i have a plus three in knowledge nature that means that i have 17 in knowledge nature which means if i've ever seen this thing before i know things about it you have never seen anything like this before okay this is outside of the yeah ecosystem in terms of what yeah should be i here. can give you what you what you might what little it might tickle sure in your brain even a tickle um is fine. there are legends of when the great spirits of nature the great embodiments of the forces of nature are in trouble or in need of aid or need to get mortals attention of them sending strange emissaries that are 
probably similarly non-threatening. I don't know. You'll have to decide if that tickles to the point where you make the connection or if it's just a suspicion. I think that might just sort of make Corey think, oh, who knows? Maybe this is some small part of a bigger thing. The blue light behind the eyes makes me think that there's magic involved, right. you know, that sort of thing. But it's not like a, oh, I know this creature from a history book or like something right. like that. No, okay. you've never seen or heard tell of a little stick. Little stick boy. Person, yeah. Stick person, who knows? Yeah, it's not gendered, it's made of sticks. That's true. Correct. Well, I don't, you never know what its <laughs> culture's like. Maybe it is gendered. <laughs> who knows? It's true. It's true. So I stand up mm-hmm. and I pat them on the head. Mm-hmm. They make a weird cooing, rattling sound that Aww. seems to come from inside their empty skull. That's a little weird, but you know what? It's not a bad it's sound. It's still cute. It's yeah. not a bad sound. As long as it doesn't sound it sounds like It sounds like seeds, like in a, oh, in a seed pod. You know? I plant him. I plant them. Uh, no, that's not going to work. I will follow where, the, where the, this little friend is pointing. Okay. I'm intrigued. Why not? Let's okay. see what happens. So you walk down the hill. And in that newly fallen slushy snow, um, you see a depression. It just looks like the land is has dipped down there um, okay. a little bit. The mud has been compressed. Um, but when you get a better look and you kind of walk around and scope it out, because it's the only weird thing you can kind of see around here, it is the biggest paw print you have ever seen in your life. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Tumblr at The Fable Forge, all one word, or email us at thefableforge at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.